Good morning. Welcome to Regina Apostolic Church Online. Uh, my name is Pastor Larry. Glad to be with you again this Sunday or whenever you happen to be watching this. Uh, COVID is winding itself down, so uh, we're hoping that that's the case in your life. And uh, I specifically pray against the fear that it's propagated amongst us, uh, that that fear would go along with the virus and it would be banished from your life. Um, we're just so thankful for the goodness of the Lord here at Regina Apostolic Church. Happy to be able to share another message with you today. We trust the Lord will, will uh, minister that to your heart. So if you were here last week, we talked about the battleground. And we talked about how the battle's real. The spiritual battle, not the physical battle, but the spiritual battle. We talked about the battleground being our mind. And so the problem is between our ears. Maybe people have said that about you. You've said that about people before. Uh, the truth is that's where the battleground is. That's where the battle takes place. And our success in that battle depends on the weapons that we use. Paul talks about our focus is 2 Corinthians 10, 1 to 6. And Paul talks about how the weapons of our warfare are, are, are not fleshly, but they're spiritual. And we spent most of last week uh, just focusing on that and talking about the difference between the two weapons and the success level that will come as a result. So if you weren't here with us last week online, this is a three-part message. I encourage you to pick that one up and then maybe watch this again, and there'll be uh, some synergy to the two of them. So this week, uh, we want to talk to you about the subject of strongholds, and it's found in verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and it says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So you may ask the question, what's a stronghold? That's a good question. It's an ingrained habit that neither you nor the Lord has complete control over. It's an entrenched pattern of thinking or feeling that the enemy can play upon to keep you in defeat. Some of those strongholds are very destructive in our lives. Some of them are just um, maybe not so destructive, but just uh, annoying or something of that nature. But regardless of what it is, if it becomes a stronghold in your life, and we'll talk about that, uh, it's something the Lord wants control over for your life so that, that uh, you can have victory. So think of this illustration. Think of a mountain that has been climbed regularly by many different climbers. The first climber that goes up the mountain, the very first climber, goes up and comes to a certain treacherous area in the climb, and finding the surface to be somewhat porous or loose, he digs into it a little, or she digs into it a little, and makes a place where she can put her hands, or he can put her, his hands. And he's got a grip there. The next climber, maybe, that comes up right after him or the next day, comes to that same place and digs a little further into that area. After enough climbers coming through, there might be a big enough crevice that they've made to actually put your foot in. Throw a bunch more climbers up after a period of time, given the right type of rock and enough climbers, you can see an area large enough to place a knee or both knees and eventually even to sit on, all right? So after a period of time, that particular piece of the mountain gets hollowed out because of constant involvement and constant climbers coming up and, uh, and pulling stuff out of it. And finally, it might even be hollowed out enough for a person to actually be able to sit in it and maybe even go back further into it in form of a cave that would keep him out of the elements in that particular place. That's the birth of a stronghold. Not so much in the physical but in the spiritual realm. That's how a thought process over a period of time 
can become so entrenched as part of your life. It eventually wears away at your soul until it's made a stronghold in your life in a specific area. For some, it could be the area of anger. For others, it could be lust. Still others, it might be their appetite or greed or jealousy or other influences outside of them, such as witchcraft, astrology, or horoscopes. There's a hundred different types of strongholds at least. Whatever the stronghold is, you and I are in bondage to it, and Christ died to set us free from that. If you remember last week, this is not an, an issue of ultimate salvation. That's been settled. But it is an issue of daily victory. Romans 7 says, So I find it to be a law, Paul said, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law raging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Paul was very frustrated by that. He said, as much as I don't want to do those things, those are the things I do. The things I do want to do on a number of occasions, those are the things I, I seem to stay, still uh, steer clear of and I don't get involved with them. He was saying that there's a battle. We talked about the battle. He said, that battle is what I experience and it keeps me from doing some of the things that I feel are important in my life. These strongholds need to be destroyed. You and I need to be delivered from their influence so that the Lord will be able to move more powerfully through our lives. And some of these strongholds started when we were children. Influences in our lives. Some of the influences that we didn't have any involvement in in terms of accepting them, but just because over a period of time of being told the same thing again and again, such as you're never going to amount to anything, that can build a stronghold of a lack of strong self-image in your life. So how are these created? More often they come through what we see, what we hear, and what we focus on. For example, the things that we dwell on in our minds can produce a stronghold. And they're usually lies such as, God's left me, he doesn't love me, I'm useless, I can do as I please, it doesn't matter, I can't do anything, I'll never amount to anything, etc. Sometimes our strongholds come as a result of habits, things that we can break, can't break free from, such as pornography or lying, Anger, lust, sexual sin. All of those things can produce a stronghold in our life. Sometimes this influence is due to repeated input in our lives from the outside, and often that input is involuntary. For example, if you have someone like a parent, as I said earlier, who constantly belittled you when you were growing up, told you that you wouldn't amount to anything, that can become a place of ongoing influence in your life and can be a stronghold. Now, if that's, your, if that's your case, that's your situation, don't be discouraged by that because the same God that can save you from other strongholds can equally save you from that. That's the Jesus that we serve. Strongholds can leave me in a place of being wounded and defenseless in my walk with the Lord. They can steal my joy and peace. And unless I know how to fight against them, I will live in defeat in those areas for a long time. Here's some things to remember. When it comes to strongholds, don't Take them as your own. Don't take possession of them. Don't joke about your temper and say, oh, it's just my temper. It's just my anger. Unless you really want to keep it. You want to keep it? Fill your boots. But the truth of the matter is that if with your confession, you're actually possessing and keeping the very thing that for the most part, in most cases, you want to get rid of. It. Second thing is that stu strongholds are stubborn. Religious activity usually will only mask them but it won't destroy them. They may weaken or vanish for a space of time, but they will reappear and may try and end up living, you may end up trying living with them 
as a compensation. Well, I can't get, I, I can't get this thing out of my life, so I'm just going to live with it, and hopefully we'll be uh, reasonable bedfellows, if you will. They're irrational. Though you don't want to live this way, you do, even though you know that they bring you harm. doesn't make any sense. Logically speaking, looking at this, people would look at you and say, well, if you don't want to do that, why do you do it? They're uncontrollable. We should always be in control of the Holy Spirit. And anything outside that control is a potential stronghold in our life if it consistently reappears. You will, hear me, you'll never come to an arrangement with a stronghold in your life. It'll never be healthy. You can't say, okay, you keep on that side of the bed, I'll keep on this side of the bed. You stay in this part of my life and I'll leave the rest. It's never an arrangement that works and it will constantly grow in your life. And finally, they're counterproductive. You may appear to be comfortable with them and all the while they're destroying you like a frog in a pot of water that's slowly coming to a boil. These strongholds are in place primarily due to you and I giving permission to them to be there. I know that, that sounds discouraging. I didn't say we understood what we were doing at the time, but that's often what happens. There are some situations, as in the case of rape or abuse, where there sometimes can be established against your will, but even in those cases, you can still be free from them, even though it takes a different tact on occasion. Romans 12.2 says this, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's the battleground, if you remember last week. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to pray for the renewing of the mind, the ability to deal with the battles of the mind, and keep in mind that sometimes those battles require more than just a prayer. They require some ongoing deliverance or counseling, whatever the case may be. Now here's the ironic part. Strongholds can often produce their own reinforcements. Let me explain. There are times when strongholds that are left long enough actually establish a second or a third line of defense. This is found in 2 Corinthians chapter, five, uh, chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. It said, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every, cap- every thought captive to obey Christ. The two lines of defense are arguments and pretensions or lofty opinions, if you will. And the only way to destroy those strongholds, if these reinforcements are in place, is to deal with the reinforcements first so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to get to the stronghold. Let me explain. To understand this, think of three concentric circles inside of each other. The circle at the center is the stronghold that we're talking about. That's the one that Paul speaks of. The next circle is labeled arguments. This word means rationalizing or relying on your ability to think things through to a logical conclusion and see change. There's nothing wrong with that. It's translated reasonings, imaginations, speculations, and rationalizations. It's a fleshly weapon that we use many times in a spiritual warfare. It speaks to our ability to logically think through or rationalize a situation. And when you're allowing this to take control of your life, you may hear yourself saying this, I don't understand this, I can't figure this out. In this case, this is usually an ongoing reality for you. You hear that often. You hear yourself saying that often. If you want to win the battle in your mind that's a spiritual battle, you won't win it by simply trying to think better or figure things out for yourself. The victory in our mind that's a spiritual battle, where the spiritual battle is, is going to come when I allow what the Scripture calls a divine power to tear down strongholds. You're not a divine power. 
So you have to submit yourself to that divine power to battle for you. Stop relying just on your mind to think things through and win the battles in your mind. As a culture, we've set our minds as something that we worship. And there's often this constant need to have everything figured out and understood before we'll do anything. Again, there's nothing wrong with that in the flesh. But when it comes to a spiritual warfare, it's not possible for you to win spiritual warfare with fleshly weapons. As a result of having a fleshly nature, my bent is to try and understand and figure out what's wrong with my life in this particular area. In other words, I want to be in control and deal with this issue myself in my way. It's not wrong to use your mind, but it is wrong to place your mind ahead of the power of the Word of God. Hear me. When I deal with any stronghold in my life by using my own reasonings, I actually build a line of defense around the stronghold and inadvertently defend it against any intrusion that may destroy it. And the fact that I've put that line of defense there means that I have to get rid of it. I'm the one that brought it into existence in the first place. What I'm saying is that I have to figure out first before I let divine power come in and destroy the stronghold. I know it's ironic to think of that, but I'm actually defending the very thing I want to see destroyed. That's how ironic it is. We often will analyze issues to the point of an attempt at a self-inflicted cure, but I often find that my intellectual and psychological abilities are useless against strongholds that have been established and reinforced with supernatural power. Fleshly weapons, spiritual war, it doesn't work. Whatever the stronghold is in my life, the enemy will attempt to divert my attention away from dealing with it. And often this happens by having me use the wrong weapons in the first place. I can't deal with anger by thinking positively. I can't deal with the stronghold of lust by blaming my father. I can't deal with greed by rationalizing it away as stuff that I deserve. I can't deal with witchcraft by believing that it isn't real or harmful in my life. Paul said to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, verse 20, But that's not the way you learned Christ, he said. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, in other words, you can't trust it, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Note, this is not a one-time act. This is an ongoing process that takes you from a place of immaturity as a Christian to a place of maturity. The battle never abates, and so we need to make sure that we don't stop. We put off our old self, we're renewed in the spirit of our minds, and we put on our new self. This isn't to be a burdensome disciple, or a discipline, sorry. It's not. It's a simple daily confession with your mouth based on the word of God where you agree with the word and the will of God in your life. So in your mind, think this through. The concentric circles have the stronghold that's giving you the issues at the middle. The second circle is labeled arguments, and arguments is your ability to figure out what the deal is in terms of how to deal with that stronghold. And in your attempt to try and figure it out, you're actually stopping the Holy Spirit who has the divine power to deal with that stronghold in the first place. Ironic as it seems, you're protecting the very thing you want to destroy. Now, as if that wasn't bad enough, Paul goes on and says there's actually a second line of defense that we put up, and it's called pretensions or lofty opinions or high things. This speaks of pride. 
speaks of lofty things, proud things, anything that smacks of pride. This could be in your life if you hear yourself say, I don't need anybody's help. I got this. I can handle it. I can make it on my own. I'm not telling anybody about this. It's a high thing. It's a thing of pride that keeps me from telling others about my problems out of embarrassment or shame. I understand that reality. And nobody's suggesting that you need to take your, your most dire sin that you're struggling with on a regular basis as a stronghold and have it advertised in the, in the church bulletin on Sunday. Nobody's saying you need to do that. But there is a place where the enemy works in darkness and as I confess to a person I trust the thing that's going on in my life, I really I rip the lid off of that thing and let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon it. We need to stop thinking we don't need help from the body of Christ. My pride eventually becomes a second line of defense for my stronghold because it stands in the way of me being open with my struggles to people who can pray and make a difference in them. As long as something is hidden in my life, I'm allowing the enemy to keep it in darkness, which is where he works. That's his workshop, darkness. When I allow it to come to the light, this is where the Lord works, and there can be deliverance. And understand both those secondary lines of, of the defense were put there because of a choice you made, and therefore it's you, with the power of the Holy Spirit upon you, have to make a decision to let those down, to tear down those defenses, so the Holy Spirit, with its divine power, can come in and destroy your stronghold. James 5.16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. That's one of the strangest verses I've ever heard because on the one hand, it's talking about confessing sins. Then it says to pray. And then it says you'll be healed. Well, normally healing has to do with some, some physical malady, some physical sickness or uh, pain or whatever it is that you have. But in this context, it's not speaking about the physical part. It's saying as you confess your sins to one another and you pray for one another, You've ripped the lid off of the darkness that's in your life in that area. Find somebody you trust to do this with. Don't just do it with anybody. And then when you let the, the light of the Holy Spirit in there, the Bible says that you'll be healed or that issue will be dealt with. First John tells us to confess our faults to another, one another and be healed. This is a healing that comes about as a result of us destroying the pride in our life and coming clean to somebody about where we're at. You don't tell just anyone, as I said, you don't cast your pearls before swine. And by that I mean you don't just take things that are that precious to you. I know it's a terrible thing. I know that a lot of the things that we're dealing with in our life are really um, problematic and we're embarrassed by them and so it wouldn't seem to be something of value. But it is valuable to us because of the fact that we hold it close to our chest. We don't want anybody to know about it. So if you take that piece, whether it's really valuable in a negative sense or really value in a positive sense and throw it out amongst a bunch of people who don't know any better, they have no idea what it is to do with this and how they can help you, then you're wasting your time. So make sure you find somebody you can trust. If you're part of Regina Apostolic Church, there's a number of pastors here, myself included, who would be happy to sit with you in counseling and agree with you together that this particular area will be destroyed. But you have to speak to someone so that the hold can begin to be broken and the darkness dispelled. These two circles, believe it or not, are actually lines of defense against instead of for you. They're lines of defense against you, 
against the Holy Spirit structured to, uh, to destroy that stronghold. And you've put them in place many times, and therefore it's important for you to let them go. And I'm not suggesting that's simple, but it starts with a decision to be obedient to the Word of God. And that's the purpose of my message today. It makes it harder for us to see the strongholds in our lives taken down if you have to go through these defenses that you put up in your life before you get to them. If you and I put them there, we have to deal with them first. It's the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that destroys strongholds. But it's your will that decides to tear down the pride, to tear down the the ability and the necessity to understand something before you let him deal with it. Note, Paul said that we destroy. We destroy arguments. We destroy lofty opinions. We destroy pretensions. That's our job. It's a choice we make. The Holy Spirit will help us, but he will not help us if we don't make a decision by an act of our will. This is our job. It's an act of our will to deal with it. Notice that what ultimately destroys strongholds, it's his divine power spoken of in verse 3. It comes first through destroying the other lines of defense that we've placed there, and then the power of the Holy Spirit will deal once and for all with the stronghold. Keep in mind, the enemy will come back and see if that area that you once gave him permission to use and be involved in is still available. He'll knock on the door of your spirit and to see if the, the place is swept and clean. And in the midst of that, the scripture says that you need to ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. This is not spooky. This is not edgy. This is just normal Christianity, according to Paul writing to the church in Corinth. This is the means whereby we win these battles in our life. And everyone listening to me this morning, or whenever you're listening, uh, can identify some of those strongholds that either are in their life or have been in their life, or maybe you're in, in friends and family, whatever the case may be. The way to deal with those, the way to deal with spiritual warfare in your mind, is to allow the Holy Spirit to have his place. Tear down those lines of defense that you've put up in your attempts to make this thing work and be destroyed in your own strength, Those are simply arm-of-the-flesh type of defense. And allow the Lord, as a result of that, to come in with his power, his divine power, and destroy those strongholds. And he will. I guarantee it, he will. Keep in mind, the enemy's going to come back, as I said. Just be aware of that. Ultimately, he'll leave you alone once he's convinced that you're convinced of your freedom and that you know the word of God. You can back away from the snares that he lays. We're going to finish this up next week and talk about taking every thought captive. This, is, this next session is, is, is my favorite, and I'm happy to be able to share it with you. But today, if you find yourself full of pride in the sense of, I'm not going to tell anybody else about my stuff, I understand that. I understand the protection that that brings to a degree. But if that pride is surrounding an issue in your life that you're not going to tell anyone else about, you're actually destroying yourself by allowing that to happen. On the other hand, if you have another line of defense along with that, and they usually come together, that says, I've got to figure this out. I've got this. I can control it. I can make it happen. I can figure out how to get this stronghold out of my life. Let me suggest to you, if it's a spiritual stronghold in your mind, you will not destroy it. You will not deal with it ultimately with your fleshly weapons. You've got to use what the scripture calls spiritual weapons. You have to allow his divine power to come in and destroy that stronghold after you've dealt with an act of your will, with the issue of your pride and your rationalizations or your your necessity to figure things out. I'm going to pray for you. Because in some cases, many times people will listen to these kind of things and the eyes of their heart are not enlightened as Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. 
So my prayer for you this morning is that that would happen. So Jesus, everyone that's listening to this particular message this morning, I pray that you would reveal to them if there's any part of this that lines up with their life. If we've, if we've just kept this to ourselves, maybe for 40 years, Lord, some of us, and just said, nobody's going to know about this. I'm not going to tell anybody. I can deal with it. I, I, I got this handled. I'm just too embarrassed to tell anybody else about this. I pray in Jesus' name that the comforting strength of the Holy Spirit would come to us and woo us to a place of obedience in that, in that way. Let that defense down. And know that in you we can trust that you're going to get us through it. Lord, if it's not an issue of pride, but it's an issue of self-sustaining, independence, I've got this, I can handle this, I pray we'd let that down. Reveal to us how frustrating this is, how many years maybe we've been dealing with this, and how much you want to walk, see us walk in victory. So I pray if that's anybody at all in the midst of the people that are listening online today, and then again this Sunday at church, I ask in Jesus' name that you would free us and start, Lord, with those two lines of defense that we've inadvertently put around the very thing that we want to see destroyed in our life. Help us help ourselves. Help us from protecting the thing that we want out of our life at all costs. Let your power come upon us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Stay tuned to next week. We're looking forward to wrapping this up uh, and talking about taking our thoughts captive. Read 2 Corinthians 10, 1 to 6, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. It's going to be a great weekend. God bless.